You have clicked it once again. The Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Or and it was a mistake. Or, your well, finger... No, no. I promise it wasn't a mistake. I promise. It was meant to be. <laughs> uh, have you ever done that, though, where your finger, you meant to make it go oh my forward? Goodness. Or... Okay, so I saw this meme, and it, it was a, a very tiny dot against this big, huge red thing, and it was mer- the size of mercury compared to the sun. Yes. And it was, you know, correct. And then it was that same picture, <laughs> and it was uh, the big, huge uh, sun was my finger. Finger and the little tiny thing was the exit out of ad button on an app. <laughs> <laughs> click out, click yes. Out. <laughs> oh goodness, it's oh frustrating. I do like the like go back ten seconds or go forward ten seconds. But what if you're in one of those windows where that's unavailable and then you have to just move your lot your finger? Oh, you're not gonna hit along it. the cursor. You're not gonna hit it. No, no. you're not. You're it's gonna, gonna s- go five you're minutes. You skip five minutes, or you're gonna hear ten minutes, which you already heard. Yeah. No, okay, so we're Rochelle and Carter uh, through HopeOnDemand.com. If you just found us, uh, you know, Apple or Spotify or whatever, uh, welcome. But HopeOnDemand.com will get you a lot more resources than just us. There's other podcasts. There's videos. There's Christian artists that, that write things that will do videos. I mean, you will be encouraged. HopeOnDemand.com. I want to stop complaining. Maybe not out loud because I don't know that I do that a lot out loud, but in my heart. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a complainer, and complaining is the worst. I think <laughs> <laughs> that was so. It was it was expected, but it was also funny. Um, I really think that that's that's a good goal to have in life. And if I can age, and the older I get, the the lesser I do so in complaining. I'm just that's who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hang out with people who are super annoyed by everything all the time, but. Um, when I think of myself as that person with a tendency to complain, then it gives me more sympathy slash empathy for the Israelites and their complaining that I've been reading about. And there's just this huge portion. We've called it in the Greek, if you want to get down to it, the Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. And I was like, well, what's the difference between that and the Torah? Well, just the words. <laughs> So the first five books of the Bible, penta meaning five, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you get the gist. That's the Greek translation, I guess. And okay. then uh, the Torah, that is Hebrew for the first five books, but they don't look at it as separate books. It's all one big. And, and that's what Jews still to this day, Jewish people, they they use that, yes. right? They're using the Torah. And some, depending on their um, the way that they're raised, I mean, even the, the Sadducees and the, the Pharisees, you look at during Jesus's time, where did they differ? Mm-hmm. The Pharisees believed in something after life. They believed in supernatural events. The Sadducees did not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the Sadducees missed out on all of the, the prophets words after the Torah. Mm. And I thought it was beautiful. I was watching The Chosen. It's a great miniseries. And uh, one of the, the characters that's portrayed in it is, um, is it Joseph of Arimathea? My yeah. brain just yeah. went blank. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So Joseph of Arimathea is in this. and It was Frank. It was Frank of Arimathea. <laughs> Frank of Arimathea. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I can't. No, it was Nicodemus. See, we're both. Oh, okay. You're there talking about Nicodemus. Okay, I I'm see. I'm talking about Nicodemus. So Joseph of Arimathea is the guy who famously asked for the body of Jesus after he was crucified. Right. And Jesus was laid in his tomb. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And he's portrayed in this miniseries. It's wonderful how it shares... Look at all of the scriptures that our friends in the Sadducees are missing out on. They're missing out on the words of 
And you think about it, there's Isaiah, there's Jeremiah, there's all of these amazing guys, you know. So um, all of that to say, yes, the Torah, the first five books, so believed to be written by Moses and Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I'm finally now in Deuteronomy, but there's this account in Numbers where Moses has had all he he can take with these complainers. (laughs) Yeah. So when I'm reading through it and I get annoyed by the Israelites complaining, it's like, are you serious? You're complaining again? I'm reading another chapter. And then they were complaining again. Yeah. So Moses, in this one moment, and if I've shared this before, forgive me, but I really want to emphasize what happens here. Moses loses control, and the the people are like, where's the water? We need the water. Why'd you bring us out here in the desert? Blah, blah, blah. Same old routine. Same song and dance. And God instructs Moses to go to a rock, command the rock to bring out water. And he goes to this rock and he strikes it a couple of times. Water comes out of it. And then he talks about later, like he had something to do with, you guys, I have to get you water and blah, blah, blah. Oh, a little bit taking credit. Yeah, it was not. God says, "I, I did not receive glory for this act and you disobeyed me. And I remember reading that through at different times of my life. I was like, what was the big deal? He went to the rock and he hit it and he got the water. Mm-hmm. No, the command from God was to speak to the rock, command the rock to do it. And it was just that little piece there that keeps Moses from getting to go to the promised land. It keeps him from the big reward. He's dealt with years and years and years of complaints, right? I remember even getting into a discussion one time with my my family, and they're like, I don't think God was fair in that moment. (laughs) If we're being brutally honest, I don't think he was fair in that moment. Which, of course, I'm going to stand up for God because I'm amazing. Yeah, you are awesome. (laughs) I'm thinking about the fact, though, that God is just and he is. It's not a matter of is it fair? It's not fair by worldly standards. Maybe by worldly standards, it didn't seem fair. Mm -hmm. But Moses himself even says when he when he brings it back up again, I will not be allowed to come. I will not be allowed to go into the promised land. God's reiterating that with Moses. No, you're not going to go in. Moses said, you know, man's hearts. I just thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Why would he say that? Because God saw the heart of Moses in that moment. He knew what was in his mind. And that was what mattered most to God. Mm. Not even necessarily the action. Yes, he disobeyed. He disobeyed, but out of his heart came the action of disobedience. It emphasized the heart part of that. Yes. Well, you you think about with like a, if you are going to pick a student leader, let's just say a church trip or something, mm-hmm. and you're going to pick a student leader to kind of be in charge, and he totally blows it because yeah. he, yeah, goes off on on you know he, he's a he's a, a twelfth grader and he goes off on a seventh grader and yells at him or or whatever it is or dishonest about something or whatever, um, you're probably not going to put him in charge again, you know mm-hmm. and. And I think it is tough in the, when we read that stuff, it, especially without context of just just simply not having lived at the time in the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks so unfair, mm-hmm. but I think just the belief, just the knowing that God's always going to be right. Yeah, He's just always and He's always going to be able to point it out. But He He doesn't always point it out in what we've read. But eventually he will point it out. I mean, this this is why. This is the perfect way of doing things. Listen, we're amazing at giving ourselves excuses for not doing something, for not following through, for feeling a certain way. Well, I was going through a really difficult time. Mm-hmm. God has given us incredible opportunities through his spirit to perfect life. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we have fruit of his spirit available at all times, and he's not interested in excuses. So, yeah. Did Moses have a ton of excuses? Yes. Mm -hmm. To Mm -hmm. respond the way he did? Yeah, he did by worldly standards. Well, you know, we're only human. But God says, but see, I've called you to be more than just human in terms of like, I've given you supernatural ability here. And he had a, this was before Jesus. So clearly people could argue and say, but Jesus hadn't come yet to give us that kind of relationship. Well, God had a relationship with Moses to the point where like, he, he was like the one guy that could go into God's presence. And it, it talks about him having face-to-face confrontation, uh, which means there was an intimate an intimate yeah. relationship is what that was about. And there was one point even where Moses begs, God, show me. It says that, you know, nobody can live with seeing you. Can can you show me a piece of yourself? God's like, okay, you know what? Uh, you can see my back. How about yeah. that? And so he goes, he hides him in the rock, it says. He hides him there. So it's even like a filtered position where right. he doesn't get the full on experience. But even then, he sees a little piece of his back. He comes down from that experience, and he's, like, glowing. He's, like, radioactive looking. So that should tell you. And we that's the only account that we know of of any human seeing God. I know the the Mount of Transfiguration, we obviously saw Jesus more in his Mm -hmm. spiritual state, but— I can't think of another time where anybody saw even a glimpse of of God himself. That's one that comes to my mind. I don't know off the top of my head. I, I, the Mount of Transfiguration is what it's called, where um, Moses and Elijah show up on the mountain with Jesus, and he's taken up three disciples, Peter, James, and John. If you're not familiar with the story, it's it's an incredible encounter. <laughs> and uh, Peter's reaction is my favorite, because he's like, I don't know what to do. Let's build houses for all three of you. It's amazing. We, we should stay here. He just blurts it out. <laughs> But yeah, um, Jesus's countenance changes in that moment because he's, I mean, yeah. And then the heavens open and said, this is my son. So yeah, they're very close to the presence of God. If that, if that's not considered what kind of the same thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that Moses was experiencing. And, um, and it, anyway, the point being is like, he had these intimate knowledges moments. That was really bad grammar. He, he knew better. He should have known better. He did. And he allowed the humanity to cloud the judgment. And, um, you know, God told us, it's one of his first commandments, don't put any, don't put anything before me. Mm. Not even you. Right. So, I mean, that that's the commandment. And here you are, you're the leader. And yeah, I know, I, I'm sure it grieved God's spirit in some ways because he wanted good things for his kid. He loved Moses. Well, you know? I think that's a why it's a good, this is a perfect example of why we take things to God. So if you're frustrated with a coworker or whatever, he's frustrated with the Israelites, right? Well, Moses is. Oh, yeah. Go take that to God. God, I am having a lot of trouble here. I am seriously, <laughs> yeah. I need you to help me. I need you to do something. And and God did when and, he did that. And he did do that. Well, but then clearly with but not this, in this time, instance. in a daily yeah. basis, right? Yeah. You know, and so he didn't in this instance, he overreacted, he overreacted and he hit the rock and then he took credit for it. And and he should have been daily. I mean, that's a really good uh, reminder to pray daily. And um, not that we still won't mess up. Oh, sure. But that it's still just that good reminder. But yeah, and the difference being, yeah, Jesus hadn't come yet. Well, that also means that God wanted to redeem the situation, but Jesus had not yet shown up to be fully, like grace is fully extended. And the promised land, I mean, it, it symbolized so much, not just the promise of the covenant between Abraham and God, like I'm going to let your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids live in this area. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, you know, redeem good on a promise made to Abraham. But I think it, it also symbolizes to me, it's like, this is a picture, a taste of what I want for my people. And it's actually through your people that I'm going to give them Jesus. Yeah. You are going to discover full grace. But yeah, it's sometimes um, the Lord will allow you to make yourself an example because <laughs> yeah. it was Moses who ultimately picked up that staff and hit that rock. It was not God making him do that. Mm-hmm. He did that. Um, and it, it's like, well, you didn't do what I told you to do, Moses. And you're the one guy that I've been needing to count on. And you're the one guy in this camp that hasn't made me want to strike you all with lightning bolts. You know, (laughs) I feel like that's what God would say today. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what I've been going over and interesting into the book of Deuteronomy. You're hearing a lot about thunderbolts. You're hearing a lot about, I'm disappointed. You're not going to make it into the promised land. You disobeyed. Interesting. The only other book of the Bible that has more about, love in it the word love is the book of john hmm. deuteronomy i believe has the second most times that the word love is mentioned and i think that you know when moses is d- explaining the law and he's got one last shot and boy does he repeat himself a lot in the book of deuteronomy one last shot to get this through the numbskulls that he's been with yeah he's going to repeat himself and he's going to keep declaring love 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 Mm. And I think that's something we need to just keep it. That's what Jesus carries into the New Testament revelation, isn't it? It's like, this is what it's supposed to be about. Right. So yeah. sometimes we get hung up on the weird laws about cutting off people's hands. and. Well, that's true. That's true, too. I shouldn't say weird. That's, it was it was yeah, it's the times. Also and, a good, good reason to read things in context. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, here's your verse of the day. Her hand was cut off. <laughs> yeah, it's so that's, that's a good reminder. Um, but also, of course, as we know, like you said, there, you know, the prophets are setting up Jesus, and and as we know, the way to heaven is to believe in Jesus uh, with all your heart, mind, and soul, and do a bunch of good deeds. Oh, right, is that right? Uh, you, I think you fall in line with doing good deeds because after you say yes to Jesus, you just want to identify with Him. You want to be like it, Him. You, there it is. That's, He's in you to do it. You're describing authentic faith. And one thing that I've been going through is um, talking with people of another belief that they believe that you have to do a certain amount. I, it, it's it's tough because it's not a straight answer, but it, you have to participate as well. In order to achieve that particular. To achieve heaven. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, Jesus, grace covers the rest, but you better you better do some of this stuff. You can't just fully rely on Jesus. Yeah. And I think uh, even I'll, I'll bring up the the one first that can be, I think we'll all read verses like this, because even if you don't believe that, which please don't, it's fully Jesus. I'm about to explain that to you. Uh, but we at least can feel that sometimes, even in the Christian church. You hear it said in movies all the time. Um, I know that's not per se in the Christian church, but you hear it. I'm a good person. Uh-huh. You hear that a lot. Right. Right. And so, yeah, and that we, belief is kind of carried over into Christianity we, in thinking. We feel like we have to be, well, I'm not going to church enough. Yeah. Well, I'm not praying enough. Well, I'm not doing this enough and that enough. And and again, this is, we're just talking, we're not talking about living a Christian life because that, that is important in yeah, terms of living a Christian You need to go to church. You need to Absolutely. live a good life. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm talking about just how do you get to heaven? It's an authentic faith in Jesus. And yes. I think something like this can throw us off sometimes, okay. even just as Christians. Revelation 20, 12. I, this is, again, you know, Revelation is thing, what's happening in the future. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Mm. 
So you read something like that and you start to freak yourself out potentially like I've done before. <laughs> but I think there's two things you got to keep in mind. One is we will be judged in order of good works for rewards in heaven. Uh-huh. So a verse like that could be meaning that. But also, if you're not in Jesus, if you don't fully, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you're not relying on him to get you to heaven, then you are judged by your good and bad deeds. It is you will be judged by every good and bad thing you've done. And since we know even thoughts are, are, are can be sin, nobody is the passing grades 100 percent. I mean, you're, you're not making it on your own. And so you look at something like that. And if these are people being described that aren't in Jesus, they're, they're being judged by their works. You gave this incredible analogy the other day. We were talking about social media pages and years ago where we may have presented a part of our past that we weren't as mature. We were ignorant. Uh-huh. We maybe said mm-hmm. things we shouldn't have said. Certainly today in cancel culture, things with celebrities get brought up right. from, from a long time ago. And if they're still acting ridiculous, then, you know, obviously you have to hold people accountable if if you're that person to do so. Like if you know them intimately. And right. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. yeah. Um, complete strangers don't necessarily fit that bill. I mean, God might use them in some way. But the point being, um, there are sometimes where I look back on things that I've done in the past and think, oh, my word, if if anybody ever discovered this about me and they took it out of the context of knowing my heart and who, who I am and what I've learned and I've tried to grow. Mm-hmm. They would probably cancel me. The record of wrongs is out there. Right. For 15 years or so now that maybe you've been posting things like I have every day on Facebook. I go to my memories and I make sure I didn't say anything stupid. Yeah. Uh, And I don't mean I obviously some silly stuff that might leave and kind of laugh at. But I'm talking about stuff that might have offended some might offend somebody now. Yeah. Apparently didn't then. We can get into the whole, you know, that's a whole diatribe to get into. It did offend somebody and you just were so young and dumb. And aren't we all? Well, Doesn't that define most of our teenage years? And, and that's a good point of I posted and nobody said anything on it. Okay. But that doesn't mean somebody at the time didn't see it. And like, you're right. And was hurt by it. But I loved what you shared. It's like what it, this gives us such a great um, illustration of how Jesus, he saw all that before. He has the record of wrongs he to, to use. To use if if he wanted to. And speaking of canceling, he's in the habit of canceling because of what he did on the cross. He cancels out the sin. Yeah. And so with him, you're good. You're good once you say yes to him. So there's a couple of of um uh, of illustrations that come come to mind. And one one I'll say right now is, uh, if you're on one side of the Grand Canyon, and God, heaven is on the other side of the Grand Canyon. Okay. And you're. You're not getting across. There's there's no donkey that can get you there. There's no it's no okay. no it's you gotta you gotta go straight across or you'll fall into the chasm or or a miracle. Yeah. And then here's maybe you've heard that before the bridge lesson that Jesus is the bridge mm-hmm. to get us to God and He's able to we are able to cross with Him to God. There's a bridge to cross the great divide and then I've heard it flipped in a song. There's a cross to bridge the great divide. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. Who I've been talking to lately, some people that have shown, you know, willing to, they're the type of people who show up at your door. They'll talk about your faith, Mm -hmm. their faith and your faith and all that. And um, they're going to come in a couple of days and we're going to kind of hash this out a little more. Um, But they believe that you might need to build 30% of that bridge. Maybe even an inch of that bridge. But they believe that you you better do, you better have some skin in the game. Uh, Otherwise, you're clearly not in your faith okay. with Jesus or whatever exactly they would say. 
And I'm about to read some scriptures here that just prove that wrong. You cannot add any inch to this bridge. We think that, well, I go to church enough. Well, I've read the Bible this many times. Well, I give to this certain ministry or, you know, I help out people when they need it. Okay, that's all good, but it's not adding to this bridge that gets you actually closer to heaven. Does, okay. it, does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. And and I want to say that um, Carter went out of his way to invite these folks to his house, not to just, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to nail them with this information and it's going to get them. And no, it's because you have a heart for these people. Um, well, there's some, it's simply this. It's not to, to hopefully, I don't want them to have no faith. I want them to see that there's conflicting things yes. with the things that they believe compared to what the Bible says. I, I, I guess my point is you're, you're doing this out of love and compassion. And there is a way that you can go about in sharing what you're going to share here that might bridge some of that for people. And I'm talking about the Grand Canyon Bridge. I'm not talking about the cross bridge right now. I'm mm-hmm. talking about connecting with people a foot in the door. Otherwise, you shut down conversation when you come in showing you, I'm a know-it-all. I know everything and you're no. all wrong. No, that's not how to have a conversation. I'm going to listen right? to what's said. I think that's important. I've seen some discussions online about this subject and certainly people can cut people off frequently. I know that you love that, Rochelle. You love it when people cut you off. Oh, I just when people to, to cut make- you Sure that Off. you were. T- oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me read some scripture here, and then I have I have one more analogy for you. Okay. Philippians three eight and nine. This is Paul. Paul, we've talked about the law before. Well, the Old Testament law. You're talking about Moses. I mean, this the, guy was is. real versed in it. Paul knew everything, did everything, was born of the right family. I think his teacher was Gamaliel, who was like, I mean, he was the guy. So it wasn't Obi Wan. No, it wasn't Obi-Wan, but he was like the Obi-Wan 4. He's the Obi-Wan 4. Okay, so this is what he says. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. In fact, the Greek word is very... (laughs) Garbage might be putting it lightly. Um, Mm. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Mm. Romans 4, 5 says this, but people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Now, can I I interrupt you? There is a famous scripture that a lot of people like to quote, and I would love for you to share about. Uh, faith without works being dead. What yeah. does that mean to you well, in regards to these other scriptures? What it means, period. Because you, you got to look at the whole context of James and uh, James. I mean, read a little bit further, and it'll become a little more clear. But when you look at that, it, that's one of those freaky out verses, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's the proof. It, the faith without works is dead. So if you're not proving it, and I don't mean I don't mean having faith in Jesus, and now I, I guess I better do some stuff. I mean, if you have an authentic love for Jesus. And you are following him. It's just going to come naturally. Well, I mean, think about, let's go to the, an apple tree yeah, scenario. Yeah, right. So if you're an apple tree, you're going to produce apples. Um, and that's if you have proper water and sunlight. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you're following, if you're, if you're standing in the sun, you are going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to produce apples. And that could be perceived as, quote, works. So the relationship that you have established between you and Jesus, that's only because you believed. That's your mm-hmm. faith. Right, right. But the apple part of it, that's the works that happen because yeah. 
And, You're and, standing in sun. And it's good things. I mean, fruit is a good thing, and well, it's just yeah. the, the happenstance. When yeah. your child loves you, the hugs that come around your neck, that's mm-hmm. a natural. They want to be with you. They love you. So the hug, I think, leads to fruit. Oh, uh, yeah, the hug is the fruit, right? I mean, in, the, I, in this, this analogy, I guess. I yeah. mean, with the little kid, they don't have to do anything to attain your love because they're your child mm-hmm. already. Right, right. But when they believe that you love them back yeah, and they choose to embrace you and have a relationship with you and want to fall in line with you. I mean, that's where you're going to start seeing fruit because they're going to like totally not resist you. They're going to take your instruction, receive your training. Now, obviously, there are children involved here. So there's going to be that now. Well, uh, of course. Hey, we'll do that as adults, I guess, even (laughs) with God. Right. But it it goes back to what Jesus said. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Mm -hmm. It's 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 do you love me and believe in me? Well, Well, then you will. Yeah. But it's not this, I better do enough stuff so that he'll love me. No, like, do you love him? We do a checklist thing a lot. We do. And yeah. God, I think, wanted to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And even, um, it's interesting because I, I was reading about the Ten Commandments even, that it very much resembled a contract that you would have maybe seen back in the day. Even the wording of, you know, it, the way it would start up, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and then it would have like a little bit of a uh, an introduction, and then the command would be presented, right? Okay. So the, it would have been a very, almost like a common document you would have seen. Not common. I'm not calling the Ten Commandments common, but something it would have been modeled a little bit after. So when they were presented with these commandments, this would have been something not, not shocking to their senses. What is this? Okay. I okay. don't understand. Oh, you want us you want us to be in contract together. Mm, We're going to be your people. We're going to be in covenant. Oh, okay. This makes sense. We read the scriptures as you were sharing even earlier. When we do that, sometimes out of context, we don't get the full implication of everything. Mm. And so we tend to, um, to get so simplified. Oh, I have to read it. And it just means this. When I think if you embrace the whole context, you would completely understand like even where James was coming from, like you would have completely understood when he said faith without works is dead. It's like, you're going to have like, there's some indication there that you have a believer in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you don't have an indicator, then there's something going wrong there it, with it, their faith. There could be. Yeah, absolutely. And so we take sometimes the literal interpretation and we apply that to so much of the stuff. And that this is exactly what Jesus was commenting on with the, the scholars and teachers of the day. Don't get so hung up on these things that you fail to see the truth that's just boldly in your face. Well, and truth. and here you go with the with the Old Testament of leading to this this thing that it is faith. You have in Genesis 15, I mean, all the way back to Abraham, Genesis 15, 6, and it references in the New Testament as well. Abraham was made righteous through faith. Mm-hmm. This is before circumcision. You know, that was a, that was a, a, a thing of why they that want to be God's people. Symbol, so it was yeah, a symbol of, of the covenant. It's right. like baptism, actually. Uh-huh. You know, and so the law never saved us. Abraham was made righteous through faith. You look in um, Ezekiel here, Ezekiel 36, 27. This is a really cool thing where it's talking about the future Holy Spirit. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. See, you read that out of context, maybe it's like, I better um, I better do it. No, when the Spirit is in you, you crave to do things that are life that God gives. And if I'm not mistaken, the verse that comes right before that 
Ezekiel 36, 26, is the one Lee Strobel's wife prayed over him. Is that right? And Lee Strobel, famously an atheist who is now a strong believer, uh, strong faith in Jesus Christ, you know, it talks about a hard... Oh, a flesh and... Uh, let me see here. Does yeah, the here it, stone here heart... I got it for you. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. Mm-hmm. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart... And give you a tender, responsive heart. Yes. So again, it's like, okay, what matches what we believe here? Is it a stony heart? It still resembles a heart, but is it producing fruit to resemble a heart of flesh? You know, it's, that's, that's the difference maker. And by the way, Leslie prayed that prayer over Lee every day Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Long time. And one day, I mean, it, it came to, let's use the same word, fruition. It came to pass that his heart was changed and it turned toward the Lord. So, you know, we're talking about different faith here. Uh, and you've been praying for that one person. And maybe some of the verses that uh, Carter is sharing with you is a way to get the foot in the door and conversating with them. But, you know, God loves his kids and he wants them all that none should perish. Um, and he's provided the way. So let me r- wrap up my portion by giving you a, another scenario and a final verse. And it is, you have a big test to take, and in walks Albert Einstein. Oh. And Albert Einstein says, I'll take the test for you. Say it with a German accent. I will take the test. <clears throat> you got to say it loud. I German. think he's actually Polish. Was he Polish? Oh, goodness, I don't know. Well, now we're up a creek. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. So how about he just says, I'll take the test for you. Okay. Um, and you could either, you could do one of two things. You could... Uh, totally just give the paper and the pen to him mm-hmm. and you I tr- I trust you Albert Einstein with my test. Is this a science or a math test? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm absolutely you, giving then, him the paper then and the you're pen. in. That is yeah. exactly right. Or you could trust yourself, but here's 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 the here's two caveats here. You might be tempted to try to fill out, you studied, right? So you might be tempted to fill out the questions that you know. Here, let me get these real quick, and then I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It's either you or it's me. Mm-hmm. And the other caveat is the passing grade is 100%. Mm-hmm. So either you trust fully Albert Einstein to take that test for you, or you're going to have to do it all on your own, and yeah. you're going to have to get 100%. It feels like a no-brainer, but do we do that is your point. The people that I'm talking to think mm-hmm. that we need to fill out the questions that we know yeah. and then hand the test over. And that, and the Bible just says that's not happening. It can't happen. It can't happen. It's either you, and if and if it is you, you have to fulfill every part of the law. That's what it says. I believe it's Galatians. If you're going to follow one part of the law, they were wanting to follow. That's actually it's a perfect example. They wanted to believe in Jesus, but but mandate circumcision. Hmm. No, 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 no. If you're going to follow circumcision, you're going to follow all of it: the shellfish, the Ten Commandments, the everything, the pork, the pork. Everything. You won't follow the law. You follow the law perfectly. I, I got news for you. You're going to fail at one of them. Or you fully trust Albert Einstein to take your test. You fully trust Jesus, who did take the test of this life and scored a 100% by not sinning. And so when it comes to thinking that we could have um, a little bit of both, mm-hmm. a little bit of good person stuff, or even if you're, you believe in God generally, but you, you know, you, yeah, the Bible's cool, but I'm just going to be a good person. Let me remind you of a sobering scripture in Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's another path that ends in life. And that's the one we always want to focus on. Um, the, the seeing the glass half 
full. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that that's a great perspective. Yeah, a glass to is just have. full, full. <laughs> if you go to the other side, absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. However, there is that. I mean, Jesus was very clear when he spoke of the kingdom. He wanted to get it across to the people he was teaching that there are consequences to action, and in this case, inaction. In, in not accepting his gift, it's literally an acceptance. Right. I don't do a thing. Right. I accept this gift. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things to do because we're all, we are so busy. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do, and, and I'm going to get this somehow. I'm going to do it. That, that's the, well, the world we live in. Kind and, of. and it seems too easy too. Cause mm-hmm. in America you work for the, you earn the stuff. And then, in, yeah. and also every other religion in the world, you got to be, you got to do something. You got to be good enough. You got to so, do something good. The old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Honestly, I think this might be the one and only time. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Where that is just, it's not true. It's baloney. Because with Jesus, he is too good to be true. And is true. And is true. <laughs> uh, we, we love you. We thank you for spending your, your precious time with us. And uh, keep in mind, you know, we we appreciate it if you do uh, support with a comment or a five-star rating, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We do this weekly with our, our quiet times. And then obviously HopeOnDemand.com, like if I said. If you ever have a question, too, it's something that we would love to explore yeah, and, yeah. and check out in our own quiet time. And maybe we... Maybe we've got some answers. Maybe we arrive at them together. Uh, just comment on there and we'll we'll do our best. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Are you still listening? <laughs> Are you still on the phone? <laughs>